the grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. Thanks, Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast on the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. Australia World T20 Champions again. The Southern Stars have done it for the country. The Indian men, however, did square the, square the ledger in the third T20I at the SCG on Sunday night. They've also, Australia, have announced their test squad. England are going to beat Sri Lanka 3-zip in a series over there. We also need to discuss Pakistan capitulating against New Zealand. Mm. And that's all before we get Richard Hines on and then Brad Hodge is on the show. Mm-hmm. We are having some live shows around the country this summer. You already know that. You can get tickets via our Facebook page. We're going to be in Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, and Sydney before we move on to the Sri Lankan leg, leg of the tour. So head to the Facebook page. You know the score to get those tickets. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm joined as ever by Sam Perry and Dave Edwards. Lads, welcome to yet another show just before the season proper starts. Mm. It feels like the season's been going for a little bit of time, although that that would be kind of contrary to what most people have been saying, which is like they haven't been able to watch any cricket at all, which is fair. Mm -hmm. Though, if you did tune into either Channel 9 or Fox Sports on Sunday, I don't know about you, but it was just like it was great to see the Southern Stars win, but Mm. even on a more selfish level, just great to win again. Mm. It was great to see... Australian, an Australian cricket team with a trophy next to them, like just lying down, yeah. almost, you know, just pre-circuit, post the mm. victory. And I, I went back to my happy place. Like, this is what we grew up with. Felt this like this was This was happy Gilmore's happy place again. <laughs> like, here, here we were. Oh, yeah, Australian cricket. This is... Yeah. This is really good. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm selfishly like trying to live vicariously through the Southern Stars. It's a shame, actually. We tried to get um, a couple of them onto the show this mm. week, but unfortunately they're in transit. Cricket Australia was trying to help with that. Too busy but, um, circuiting. Too busy circuiting. Mm. Um, but we'll try and get them on the show next week or at some point to discuss, uh, you know, one of the rare victories in Australian sport that happens these days. But um, fantastic performance from the Southern Stars. It must have been nice to also just be back home, like Australia winning World Cup in the West Indies, like Adam Gilchrist, friend of the show, Adam Gilchrist did, you know, scoring 100 there. They're like, they just did so easily. Like the Australian women are just way better than everyone else at T20 in the world. That it seems to be the case, and they've proven that officially with the win in the T20 World Cup. Mm. Um, uh, it was a great win, and as Pez said, we needed to win. We really needed this as a nation. Mm. They've held up their end of the bargain, mm. the ladies. Now we'll mm. see how the boys go. Do, do you reckon, like with the with the women, like when you're watching it, it's almost like it's actually much more relatable than men's yes. cricket because it's like it's actually the same standard as yes. what many people play in many instances, a lot better than what a lot of our listeners. We were like we were played. WhatsApping um, all three of us throughout the match, mm. and like it's so much easier to understand women's cricket. Like men's cricket at the moment, it's mm. just like you know, with with respect to them, but it's like like T Twenty cricket, it's like arcade style, it's like stick cricket. You can't relate yeah. to it. You don't know how they're doing what they're doing. Mm. When women play the game, like it, it's it's the it's the game that we grew up with as well. Yeah. Like there's a lot more like players playing straight mm. there's a lot more tactics that we like grew up and understood and like for that reason it was uh, you know, a lot built conventionally yeah yeah that's mm. right and I, like I, I think it's actually in that sense like a much more interesting watch mm. uh in that way mainly mm. just because it you know um, it's, a, it's a it's more of a narrative you can watch it for mm. longer whereas you know men's cricket is just 
smashing, just crystalline smashing bombs. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Bites. Yeah. But he's like that. You're like, you can see like, uh, they're sort of batting to like a ring field. And you're like, I, I don't know how they're going to score a run here mm. in the same way that I wouldn't have been able to score a run mm. at that um, point. And you can't just bomb someone for six out of nowhere, yeah. uh, which is not something like we were ever able to do either. So mm. did you have like a little flashback to like when you come in, in a <laughs> yeah. grade cricket match and there's yeah. a ring field yes. and you just don't know Seven how you're going to get it through that ring? Yeah. 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 I only bat with ball machines. I need pace on the ball. It needs to go mm. through the field. I Otherwise, I've got nothing. That gap, but I also need mm. to put enough like action on the ball to yeah. get through that gap, and I'm never going to get a run in this game. You're playing on a slow third-grade wicket. I mm. like that wicket in Antigua there for the World Cup final. You know, Just a slow wicket, 7-2 fields, packed yeah. offside, just by one side of the wicket. And yeah. then, like, how do I how do I score runs? I, th- I think like a very natural reaction, um, unfortunately, for men watching women's sport in general, yeah. is just like, that's not as good as the yeah. men, is it? I could physically hit it Cause longer. Because I, yeah. I, yeah. I was watching it with, with, some other, with some other men, yes, and, yeah, the, men. and they were like, it's a bit shit, isn't it? And I was thinking, like, <laughs> what if they... Your like, mouth keeps curling. What, up when you say that I was thinking like what if there was like a camera crew filming your games what do you think uh, it would look like uh, yeah. it wouldn't look as good women as women watching them yeah. like commenting really <laughs> negative I mean Perry bowls wheels at least Perry bowls absolute pace people like oh I am Perry wheels I just wanted to see what that sounded like but trying to get Fox Sports clickbait again I've always said you know I've struggled with her success because I can't google myself anymore without her coming up but um yeah, when she bowls at sort of 120, 125, that's like, that's first grade. Like, that's, that's, well, that's quite another thing. Is, yeah, another thing as well. Like, people see, like, um, I'm trying to think of an Australian, but I don't know, like Chad Say is buying 120s. Yeah. And they're like, that's fucking slow, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you like, can't, you wouldn't have you ever seen it. It's yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty quick. Anyway, um, so well done to the ladies. Uh, flying flag for Australian mm. cricket as a whole. As they, uh, they, they won like they won all of them except for the one two years the ago. The one that they sh- oh, you're talking about the they, they, made, they, they made, the like, World Cup four finals in a row and they've won three of them. It's it was, incredible. Well, Lanning, Meg Lanning said it was the most satisfying win of her career because they sort of botched the World Cup right. uh, last year, and so it was it was a bit of revenge over England, mm-hmm. um, like shrub soul. Killed them last year, mm. and um, and like took a hat trick in the final as well. Mm. And uh, mm. Alyssa Healy just destroyed her in the second over. She went for thirty, and I think that kind of that put Australia ahead enough. Mm. Landing steered the ship home. Ash Gardner, mm. awesome. Georgia Wareham with the leads yeah, as well, incredible. Uh, yeah. It was just it was a very clinical performance. Yeah. They looked they looked better. Is Alyssa Healy the alpha of the Australian? Hundred percent, hundred percent, full on. Hey? Yeah. yeah, like. Twenty two was her lowest score in that tournament. She absolutely dominated, yeah, um, but she still took the match away from England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw at the end of the game, um, Sophie Eccleston, who's the left arm orthodox spinner for England. I think she's nineteen. I think um, Colo has come on the podcast before and spoken, given mm. a high praise. Mm. But she was in tears afterwards, and I thought, mm. I like that. I, uh, I want to see more tears on yeah. cricket fields. trophies and tears. Because again, I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's plenty <laughs> of tears in men's cricket. It's just in the dressing room, or stifled, <laughs> or back at home. But um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, Colo broke a, a really good story yesterday. We're just our friend Colo. Adam yeah. Collins broke a story yesterday saying that um, there's strong consideration being given to women's cricket, uh, women's T20 cricket in the next Commonwealth Games, which would be um, right. a huge game changer. Uh, Th- and one we'll it, get behind. Doesn't like the women's success, though, just speak that Australia have clearly put the most funding into women's cricket mm-hmm. than any other developed nation in, like, mm-hmm. because. 
like some, some of the other teams are like incredibly weak in, mm. in, in comparison to Australia, who are mm. just remarkably strong. But that's surely investment hugely in like the the WBBL, mm. um, which we'll be covering across this yeah. summer as well. Well, not but a like, moment too soon because you know we needed that funding so that people like us, just three white men like us, could feel like winners again. Yeah, uh, feel like winners. The mm. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the men's cricket. Um, there were three, well, two and a half, I suppose, T20s, uh, India out here for the first time uh, to, to start off their tour here. Um, right. I've got to say, a couple of like cracking matches, mm. like really good games of cricket over there. Uh, what was the first one? Brisbane, then mm. obviously Washington and Melbourne, mm. then finished off on Sunday in Sydney. I thought that was fantastic games of cricket. Mm. There's not, there's no, there's no joke there. I just thought they were good games of cricket. It's funny because that sort of flies in the face of a lot of people who are just saying like, "What is doing with T20I cricket? What is it? Mm. No context." I, I think I said that last week. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and there is no context, and it was completely incongruous to have this series. Mm. And you know, there's a test series happening very soon afterwards, which mm. is nothing like that form of cricket. Mm. But it was good cricket. Yeah, it was good cricket. Well, Pez, I want to put it to you. Like, yes. Edos and I were having a chat before we got on air, and was like, uh, just three forms of cricket. It's a lot. I think it dilutes it. <laughs> I, I, I can only handle two. My mm. simple male brain can yes. only handle two forms of cricket. Oh, we're so self-loathing today. Mm. It's fucking great. It's just, just a normal day. I, just a normal day. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what matters anymore. We, I've already said this this year, but like, <laughs> like I'm not saying, like, as I said, the games on these T20s are fantastic mm. games of cricket. I enjoyed them mm. immensely. Yeah. So do we kill the one dayers? Well, well, something about, has to be killed. Something's going to be killed. There's always going to be ritual sacrifice. It's got to be blood. Yeah. There's Whenever there's blood. a problem, there must be blood. Yeah. So where does the blood lie? <laughs> yes, exactly. Is it T20s? Well, it's there's, not about test to be, there's about to be four formats with the 100 coming it's in ridiculous. England. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, these guys need to invent a new format so they're always ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, there's going to be four. That's, That's ridiculous. What that you, might kill off T20. Yeah, I mean, product no, diversity no, can be a bad thing. No, I think never die. I think one dayers because T20 is clearly the future. Yeah, but so uh, you're like, just brainwashed. goes. I think you read that true. on a sign somewhere. I'm wearing a flat brim. But at also, the like, like Indian crowds, which account for you know ninety percent of money in cricket, yeah. absolutely froth on one dayers. So, and they frothed yeah, on the okay. T20. If anyone's going to die, it's it's you know our old mate. Oh, test cricket. Okay. Do you think cricket Australia was point. extremely happy with the crowd attendances for the T20 internationals? Yeah. Given yeah. that it was like twenty to one India fans to Australia fans. Yes. Is that a good? Is that a good thing or is that a really, really bad thing? Oh, there's a few people like really dog whistling how upset they are by it and like linking it to, you know, Scott Morrison's labor policies <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. Well, that was going to be on my next fan- train of thought. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. And, you know, it's just like, okay, well, they're all out supporting the, the, the team. If you follow Australia and you're upset about it, you know, just go to Get the game. Get out there and go and, and open your hip pocket and, mm. and go through those I actually styles. really like a way – I really want like a way – like cricket matches to be like a home and away fans. Like, I just want Premier League. I, like, is what yeah, I, want. This is I want cricket yeah. to be the Premier League yes. yeah. in, a lot of know, in England. Premier That's what I want. I like. I love it when the Barmy Army go, are in like Sri Lanka at the moment. And yeah. there's more There's more English people going there mm. than there are local – and it's like the songs and it's – I want like – I want I want segregation in crowds. I want like police. Yep. You want segregation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm segregation. glad you finished that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> in crowds, in yeah. sports stadiums. Yeah. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Apparently there was a fight within – the Barmy Army ranks over um, Brexit really? policy and stuff that because there, there, was really a Ram- there was a Ramona free zone. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's not all good. Uh, look, on the Premier mm. League point, you're yes. right. Have you noticed, like, I sort of tweeted about this the other day, but, like, 
wicket celebrations are just starting to show bowlers wheel away yeah. in celebration mm, as yes. though it's a goal, but they're still yes. only getting to the circle. Mm, right. I'd like to see it go all the way to the. Can anyone get behind this? Like go all oh, the way the to the boundary. The well, just say like Cummins comes in, he just cleans up Coley, yeah. and he's still in his stride. I yeah. want him to just. He should be fucking I off. Veer off. <laughs> he should be off. And so if like he does that in, the whole lap, like yeah. 400 meters, Michael no, Johnson, everyone's trying to follow him. No, like he he, he basically beats the um the infield, yeah. and so they're chasing yeah. him, and he's just running to the boundary, yeah. you know, like say to the oh, southern like the southern stands, yeah, just yeah. like and like the crowd starts like congregating around to the front. And there's like a really good camera angle that like shows him and the crowd behind from below, yeah. like on the Premier League cinematography. Or, or, or yeah. like if he does it in India, he runs to like you know the the away fans yeah. to celebrate right. with them, or like to the away fans mm. with India Imagine and like shushing them. Yeah, just be more roaring at crowds, more roaring at crowds, more crowds getting upset, giving it the finger, all that sort of stuff. I want I want Boomer to just like clean someone up in the first over in the first Test match in Adelaide and just like cup his ear to the to the Greg Chapel stand or whatever it is. <laughs> but he's so far away from the stand yeah. in the middle of the pitch show. Yeah, no. You'd have to like run all the way yeah, to the yeah. site screen and do exactly. it for many He'd actually be like, no, I actually can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. Can you speak up a bit? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's our entire analysis of those uh, T20s. Can I, just, just one more thing yes, on that. Um, we you know, had a great guest on our show last week, Usman Kawaga. Great guest. We've had some really great feedback on that. Very chilled out character, but also very kind of resolute in his thinking. Mm-hmm. And the next night or the night after he got on Fox Sports, that's for those right. who did listen, and um, the first thing he said, flanked by Simons and Gilchrist, was uh, that that some of the older generation don't really quite understand how the game works mm. now in T20 and uh, and you could just you could feel the, no- oh, the, the nostrils out of flaring the <laughs> uh, in the room it's just like the game's changed you've got to go at 10 and over now mm. um, there's a lot of different ways you can get off strike and stuff and um, I, I don't believe it was well received uh, and then yeah. you know absolutely zero surprise that you know the yeah. next night or on, on the Saturday night you know Warren mm. just teed him up mm. or the Friday night just teed him up and just mm. said you know that's wrong mm. uh, and, and just proceeded to again remind people why uh, everyone in the previous generation mm. knows more than anyone else. And then I saw mm. that on um, the Fox digital channels, they were kind of creating that war, like, are you mm. Team Uzi or Team Warning? Like, really <laughs> trying to create this binary. Yeah, love like, it. Would you, if you were Usman Khawaja, would you, would you go on again? I mean, they've, they've pretty much just used you as cannon bait, clickbait oh, fodder. I, love I don't think he gives a shit. To be honest, mm. which is great, he's just like, well, the game has changed, and like, it kind of, it mm. kind of has. Like, obviously, these guys are legends of the game who understand a lot of truisms about cricket. But I think that specific format, T Twenty cricket, is like, uh, has has changed so much. Like, like, uh, like, I'm happy to say I don't understand how they do what they do. Like, because they've got to go at like ten and over. That is vastly different to mm. anything mm. anyone in that press box had to do. And like, mm. even Gilchrist, to his credit. Admitted that, but like, I think also mm-hmm. like it was kind of taken out of context by Warren to just you know oh but game management though like yeah. there's a time and place for these shots. I don't yeah. think Usman Khawaja was suggesting that you just go out and you know I, he wasn't, just no. do reverse sweeps from ball one forever. I think like what the, what they're not factoring in as well is that like the do you remember when Maxwell batted three for Australia and India and he was out reverse sweeping batting at three mm-hmm. and he said it was like a cover drive. To yeah, him. and Alan Border was like, well this <laughs> and is it represented a- everything that was wrong with Australian society at the time. At that time, yeah. that's right. I was about to say. I read some good pieces on that actually. <laughs> <laughs> Six articles, publicology.net. Hacked by Russians. Sponsor of the show. (laughs) That's just an entire inside joke for the three of us. uh, Anyway. um, But we'll keep it in. But like, yeah, yeah, Alan Border acted like it was an assault on, you know, Australian cricket culture, Mm -hmm. um, backed up by some tweets from uh, some other non-friends of the show um, What is it about the reverse suite that, you know, really ignites But but the thing is about it, it's just like you have to, like, you watch how England play in in Sri Lanka at the moment, like Josh Mm. Butler's out there reverse sweeping, Keaton Jennings, Mm. Jimmy Anderson reverse sweeping, you know, like trying to hold on at number 11, they're reverse sweeping. It's about like scoring 
in unusual areas. So like, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you let a bowler bowl on the same ball and he knows you can only hit it down the ground, mm. well, he can set a field mm. to that. Yeah. If you can score in, in multiple different ways and you can like manipulate the field, therefore, mm. and then play to your strengths otherwise. But these guys are hitting that many cricket balls that mm. a reverse sweep legitimately is the same like as a cover driver. Look at like the wagon wheel of where a batsman's hit their shots and like you see, you know, 18 runs through cover and you mm. want to assume that all those are front dog drives <laughs> through extra <laughs> yeah. cover. But yeah. now they're just, you know, four reverse sweeps, yeah. three boundaries and a six. Yeah. I, I That's guess weird. Like, a lot of it is about the fact that like there's like a wild west in batting at the moment because mm. there's so many formats and we're seeing them at different times and we're watching different ways of scoring. I think, and then the fact that Australia are struggling to bat is just creating all of this conversation around like mm. how to bat again. And mm. like I can, I guess I can understand the previous generation just saying, well, hang on, like I averaged fifty thereabouts and we always scored five hundred. So how about I just convey to you what we did mm. and can't you just do that? Um, and I guess mm. it's kind of true, but you're hearing you're hearing like the old tropes, like keep your head still and make mm. sure you get in first, and like all mm. like these players, like they know that sort of stuff, the real basics. But like there are higher standards expected of batsmen in shorter formats now. Like there are different, you know, the, the mm. standard has That's raised, true. and then like the game, the game has kind of changed. Like we've talked about England last week; they've got like such a flexible lineup. Their batting's still struggling in a lot of ways, but they end up sort of cramming it with like eight or nine batsmen anyway, they end up getting the job done, you know, mm. in the lower order or something. And, mm. different, you know, they've just gone and swept Sri Lanka, which is, you know, the first Asian series they've won in a clean sweep in a really long time. Mm. We haven't done that in ages. So, like, you know, I, I think if we keep looking in the rearview mirror for our answers in Australian cricket, like, we're just <laughs> going to keep coming up with shit because it's mm. always just going to be a second-rate version of what the other guys were. We need our own way. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a problem. just like when th- the previous generation was so good and mm. then they are now the voice of the media, which mm. has been coupled with, like, Channel 9 mm. falling apart mm. and new voices coming up and then those new voices are no, all just like players falling coming apart. Yeah. <laughs> just quiet Fairfax. <laughs> <laughs> falling apart at the seams. Yeah. Um, you know, like they, they, they're always going to be like, no, just do what we did. We were just amazing yeah. genetic freaks, um, incredible. We athletes. just batted in the V, and then you got to thirty overs, and you had to double your runs by the fiftieth over, and there were like three or four things that you had to do. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> it was but really like, easy. It's, it's yeah. history repeating because yeah. those guys at one stage in their careers too were the new kids on the block telling the old guys, no, there's a new way of doing stuff. Like yeah. they scored at a faster rate. Do you remember even when like Langer and Hayden were like had a strike rate of sort of fifty plus in yeah. Test cricket? That was sort of wild, you know. And they were like hammering boundaries um, from the first over, yeah. and people were like, oh. No, you've, you've got to get yourself in. Like they were trailblazers in their own way. That you know, it's just basic evolution. Yeah, Dean was, Jones scoring seventy nine off one hundred and fourteen, yeah. you know, o- ODI in like nineteen ninety four. Like oh, I look yeah. at that now, and that's yeah. just disgusting. Yeah. When they <laughs> shiver <laughs> at that strike rate. Yeah, we couldn't get Dean on the show. No, this we week, tried. Actually, yeah, yeah. he's always, contracted. Always trying. Always mm. trying. Well, um, uh, tra- um, Trent Woodhill, also mm. friend of the show. I saw his tweet the other day, and he was describing the Indian, um, this Indian team in terms of T20s, and he described them to the All Blacks, like, right. how, like how good they are. And right. I thought, actually, Australia put on a couple of really great performances. I thought Adam Zampa was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Copped a bit of heat early, didn't he? But he... Yeah, like in that first in that first game, though, he really bowled really well. Um, anyway, so... I'd... Criticism, not not heat from the batsmen. Mm. Just people were talking about him maybe not mm. being the right choice. Yeah, well, he struggled yeah, sure. in, the, in the ODIs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, so... But, like, I mean, Trent Woodhill, a guy who knows batting inside out, mm. especially in the, in the shorter formats of the game... Um, says that these guys are just amazing, and like the All Blacks are possibly the strongest sporting team in the history there's of no all sports. Compliment. Is like there's no there is no greater compliment, and a lot of exactly. good, good businesses like to compare their culture to that of the All Blacks <laughs> and the Golden State Warriors as well. <laughs> Great teams. Did you guys enjoy watching Coley bat on at the SCG? Fifty crowds roaring yeah. when he walked into bat. Yeah, loved it. Can you separate the fact that allegedly he is an awful human being? 
Oh, yes, I can oh, delineate yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll delineate mm. it at any stage. If mm. somebody offers me, you know, physical entertainment, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I, I can switch it off. All right. Anyway. Well, um, the first test is imminent. Um, Australia's test team has been announced. Um, I want to call Marcus Harris to Marcus Harris because I want to call him Boogie. <laughs> okay. Boogie. Yeah, just Boogie, Boogie, Boogie Harris. Yeah. Boogie Harris. That's all yeah. I want to do. That's oh, the Golden State. That's what he's known. Boogie. Incongruous American sports reference. Done. Um, uh, he's is he going to start? He's going to get a cap. Yeah, he probably think, is. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's Some a, other notables in there: Boland, Scott Boland. Oh yeah. So the, I think is they're rewarded. In? So there's five Victorians in the yeah. side. Uh, we're recording from Victoria, so they're very pleased. I think only yes. two of them will play. Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting side. I, I don't know what like Matt Renshaw has done wrong. I, actually, I suspect <laughs> I do know what he's done wrong. He's not mm. been the right kind of bloke for the Brotherhood. He's not the right kind uh, of bloke a, for the Brotherhood. Right fit. He's not, not right he's, fit. He's not in the Brotherhood. And now there's, there's currently a question mark over um, as we speak, as we go to air. Uh, Shield matches a round of Shield matches are commencing, and um, Victoria have decided in their wisdom to um, retain their act, their own lineup, and to open the batting with Marcus Harris and Travis Dean, um, mm. thereby pushing Aaron Finch down the order. Right. So he normally. That's five for Victoria, Aaron Finch. Uh, I think he'll be three in this match, um, but that's really weird because he's notionally um, the nation's opening batsman. Yes, uh, right. Victoria believe that he's not the best opening batsman for them. Thoughts? Um, all I think is like Aaron Finch batting three. I think this is going to be a really fantastic test match first up. I think it's going to be a great series. Mm. Just like back off the back of the matches that we saw in the T20s, mm. three or two, two and a half really close matches. Um, I think this is actually going to be an amazing series. And I keep thinking live Sydney Test match. Mm. Live, like it, mm. it could be up for grabs. Even going mm. to Boxing Day, that could be a big one as well. I, I'm excited by that because I think I think Coley's going to score 385 in a day yeah. Right. Uh, in the first Test match. Yeah. Do you think he could start doing ridiculous things? Like, do you think this could be like his absolute, like the zenith of his performance? Is he knows that this is the time that he needs to deliver. He's at and his peak, isn't he? He is really, really It's the really ultimate focused. confluence of like his peak and Australia being Decline. weak and yeah. India yeah. having not won a series here. Yes. And his, his, his yes. will be flared and yeah. he will be, you know, baying for blood. Yeah. Like, everything comes back to blood. Can, can I ask, <laughs> is it harder for India to win a series here than it is for Australia to win a series in India? Like are India coming yes. here and feeling the same way that we do when we go over there, which is like, we're going to get out. <laughs> yes, I, I do think that. Because yes. I, I think I think we, we, the three of us, have probably won more test matches in India than India have won in Australia. Would that be fair? They drew here in 03, 04. That, and that was the last seri- like series mm. where a major team came out for a longer series and actually kept it alive for a long yeah, period of I remember time. So series, like, we've had yeah. a few live tests like here and there when it's been one of those like 3-3 three, three splits mm, but never mm. when a major team has come out or it's been a long time since a major team has come out and it's been close like mm. even when England beat us mm. in 2010 mm. that was a smashing mm. <laughs> that was over yeah. pretty yeah, quick what, what I'm asking is like have Australia won more matches in India than India have won in Australia just si- just single test matches I'm not sure I think Australia have probably won more matches if I had to guess so what my point is mm. that like yes I think it is harder for them to win here than it is for us over there is it just because the pitches are different or the environment's different? Because globalisation, it's a lot nicer to go to these countries and mm. it's not as hostile as it used to be to tour the subcontinent. You mm. can stay in the four mm. seasons in mm. Mumbai and have a wonderful time. That's a good point. Um, Very good point. So we just need to learn how to bat on subcontinental decks. Some, mm. I mean, based on the crowd in Sydney on uh, Sunday night there, like there's going to be half the crowd's going to be the Indian it's population. Away game. I, I, it's I, away game. I love it. I love the Me energy too. they bring. I, I love the noise. Mm. Um, you can see a galvanise 
the Aussie crowds to get out there and show you colours. It's but a marketing Australia opportunity. Australia is just notionally just awful at supporting sports teams yeah. unless mm. we're doing really, really well. Sydney yeah. in unless, unless we're the Wallabies in the year 2000 or 1999. And it's neither of those things. Correct. Do, do you think we are a little bit spoiled as like fans in that like it, there seems to be this – obviously the – Australian cricket team needs to improve its behaviour based on, you know, decades and decades of cultural dysfunction and malaise that have ultimately informed this show. But um, <laughs> they're going to try and do that this summer. But, like, do you, do you think as fans we, like, we are really spoiled in that, like, we want a team that's, like, well-behaved but attacking and a little bit aggressive and winning yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, like, when we don't hit that perfection, mm-hmm. yeah. we um, get very upset very quickly? Or, mm-hmm. or is that just like any fan? I think what we want is our team to just be our mates. <laughs> like but that's we want to see like that's why we, we do this show. When we watch the team we just want to associate with those players. Oh, he's a ripping bloke. But mm. they have to have a minimum level of performance on the field. That there is a threshold of and course. I'm sure there is an algorithm that we could come up with yeah. that would determine that. <laughs> but if they're I mean, how many games have they lost out of the last fourteen, fifteen? All of them basically. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they need more than that. Yeah. Well, they need to as win Michael games said, of cricket. We just need to start winning games of cricket. Yeah, you know, it's point. great that they're lovely blokes now and you can take your kids to a T twenty and have a good time and stuff. But we yeah. just got to win games of Cr- so, so, so when Coley scores 300 and yep. we lose by an innings, mm. how long will it be or how long will it have to wait till someone calls for Matt Wade and a bit of chat? Yeah, not long. <laughs> not I, long. I've, I've got a bit yeah. of a theory that Tim Payne might not make the Sydney test. Oh, I've, got right. this, I've just got this idea that like some like what, are we can keep around the country. Or just a hunch. It, mm. well, like what's the theory? What's the theory? Yeah, <laughs> a squared. Yeah, yeah. Well, you speak of algorithms. Mm. Mine is that Payne scores no runs, less than a hundred runs in this series, and then someone around the country, a Neville, a Wade, Kerry. So, so the Kerry will start in like the second or third yeah. test. And if we're, if we're two 0 down, going to Melbourne. I think whispers. That, yeah, whispers. whispers. Yeah, whispers. Yeah, Wade, Wade, Wade. Nice Gary, hello, nice hello. Gary, nice Wade, Gary. Catchphrase, catchphrase, catchphrase. Mm. Well, that's that done. Um, I was just going to say uh, on that, like the flip side of it is how many times have champion batsmen come out to Australia mm-hmm. and Australia expected the world from them and thought we're going to be mm-hmm. taught a lesson only for like just Media. them yeah. just to be nick, yeah. just nick off, you know? Like, like but, can you can you see? Mm. I can sort of similarly see like. Two guys out on the hook for Coley. Um, I know he's a, he's an absolute champion, and like you know the way like Gillespie used to just dust Lara. Like can, mm. I could see Hazelwood McGrath just dusting. No, don't say it. Coley. I, 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 I don't say it because he's done it here before, mm. and I think he's at his actual peak, and I think he's like so driven. Mm. Mm. I just think he's like unstoppable. He's insanely driven. Mm. Okay. I mean, I was at Tendilka came out here. Yeah, with the same situation. Mm. McGrath, That's what Steve McGrath was dusted him out. Yeah, when he hit him in the chest and got given an OBW yeah. at the Gabba. Was that? The, oh, was that the Gabba? Yeah, I was, must have been a different game. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, in the meantime, I mean, we've already spoken about uh, England beating Sri Lanka, um, dusting them. I, I saw uh, Sanjay Mandraker on Twitter say uh, it might be helpful to England to recognise that this is one of the weakest Sri Lankan teams of all time. So that bodes well for them uh, coming out here if they go about to lose at home to England when mm. Sri Lanka come out for a two-test series at the end of this Australian summer. Well, plenty of players will probably want some runs there for Australia, so that'll be us just like cashing in. Exactly. Filling our boots, feeling good yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. yeah, just like when Voges and Sean Marsh hit about 800 in that partnership against the West yeah. Indies at Hobart. Mm. That was fun. We always resent those runs, don't we? They're they're not like well, they, no, they should be stricken yeah. from the record. <laughs> <laughs> we probably don't have time to go into it because we've gone a little bit over time already. But yeah. um, but Pakistan capitulating against New Zealand was quite something, wasn't it? I mean, like in terms of entertainment, Pakistan mm, chasing any sort of title, just some of the best work. Entertaining and... Mm. <laughs> and did it, 
<laughs> what about what about the images of Mickey Arthur though? Like, don't oh, they just make so like, exasperation? Your blood just runs yeah. cold looking at his face, and it was just in that like that sort of wry <laughs> smile that wasn't one, and a squinted yeah. eye yeah. as he like uh, was just taking it in. Just you, know, mm. you could just see a slight yeah, twitch there as he was doing it as well. <laughs> oh god! Uh, there's only one team in the world who could lose um, seven for forty to lose a Test match, and, and mm. it's Pakistan. So, second rate. So, exactly. So fair play to them. Um, all right, just before we head to uh, the first break, and then Richard Hines is going to be on the show, uh, and then after that, Brad Hodge. Um, we've got some we've got some really big news that we're about to share with you. Um, I don't we haven't prepared how we're going to do this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only it's only been in the works mm-hmm. for about eight months. No. We're pregnant, um, <laughs> but uh, who's who's going to say the words? Pez, do you want to say the words? Well, in major news, I mean, so what we've been tweeting from bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Really, on work time since about 2012. Six years. And every that's a time, good summary of the situation. Yeah, yep. so we're, we're bathroom tweeters, if nothing else. <laughs> that's, that's what you're listening Dirty to. Dirty hand bathroom. bathroom tweeters. Tweeters. But, um, that was actually the name of the account originally. But in, in big news for the grey cricketer, <laughs> we're uh, very pleased to announce that um, as of next week, we will be commencing a TV show on Channel 7, the uh, official free-to-air broadcaster of cricket, called The Grey Cricketer. On seven, it'll um, come out on Tuesday evenings at five thirty ish on seven plus. Um, that uh, most vaunted of mm. um, Channel Seven channels, if you can actually find it. The the good people at Seven have um, you know, shared our vision for a TV show exposing the extreme mental brutality that cricket inflicts, mm. uh, lending itself to darkness and existentialist thoughts from deep point. Um, that was our pitch <laughs> to them, and and to our great surprise, they went. With it. So, yeah, yeah, so we have a show on Channel 7. Uh, it's their only, they call it ancillary content. Um, mm. Absolutely, we've sold out, if that's what you're thinking. Mm. Um, absolutely, we've overexposed ourselves. Yep. Uh, absolutely, it'll crumble in a heap. Yep. Um, but here we are. We're actually recording this in seven studios at the moment. Mm. Um, just feeling that, you know, can you feel, can you feel that visceral... I think I saw Bruce McAvaney just walk yeah. past. Mm. You, I just in feel a like a fraud, really. It's fraudulent. <laughs> yeah. it um, it's, it's exciting... Um, that the only Channel 7, the whole team is going to be Ponting, McGrath, Fleming, Hodge, Edwards, Perry Higgins. Mm. What, what? Yeah. Why, yeah. why are they doing this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know why, I don't doing know why they signed off. We I just think asked them if yeah. we could do it and yeah. they said yes yeah. inexplicably. Yeah. That but, was uh, the pitch, deep point. And but it'll be, it, it's every Tuesday for the test summer. Uh, mm. So, yeah, we'll be doing a show. It will be different to the podcast. It'll run for half an hour. You'll see uh, our faces, which is scary. Yeah, you'll be scared about our faces. Like our bodies and our faces yeah, will be and, on show. Yeah. And sledge God. the clothes and all that. Call it all village. Generally be yeah. alarmed and frightened mm. that it's different from what you're used to. Yeah. Uh, that would be good and, and in keeping <laughs> uh, with our country. <laughs> <laughs> We welcome it. Uh, yeah, we, we welcome everything. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, we've uh, obviously been working on this the entire uh, winter to get uh, all these things together. So it's uh, it's exciting times for the three of us especially. So come along for the ride mm. with us because um, we're super pumped. And that's going to be starting next Tuesday, Channel 7, uh, 7 Plus. That's what's happening. So, um, all right, let's go to a break. Boys, the guy we're about to catch up with here was a guest on our first season as well. Uh, oh, yeah. a, a special guest has been extremely helpful in um, helping us secure a podcast and now the TV show as well. Mm. Um, an absolute uh, like a, like a legend of um, sports writing in Australia and beyond. He's currently an offsiders panelist and the uh, curator of the hashtag Real Openers. I'm of course <laughs> talking about Richard Hines. Richard, hello. Oh. Well, 
absolutely honoured and surprised to be on your show again. I thought you'd risen <laughs> risen above me in the world of yeah. cricket media. Uh, absolutely, lost all my numbers. Uh, who is yeah. this? But, um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Richard, um, you've been writing some very interesting stuff about cricket this summer already. You've sort of been covering the culture review. You've spoken in depth about um, the situation of grassroots cricket in Australia. And then most recently you wrote uh, about the um, the rise of the women's side and um, and how professionalism has really helped them along. I thought we'd sort of kick off there. Like what, what is the... Um, what is the broader meaning behind um, the Australian women's team winning over the weekend? Yeah, I think it's a terrific story. I mean, in a way, it's probably the good news story out of the Sutherland area, which has obviously been sullied recently by the Culture Review and what went on there. But, you know, I think forgotten in the, in that mix is the, the big investment they made in women's cricket. I think they the salaries went from something like a total of Five million to fifty million over the five years of the new agreement, and I know it got caught up in the pay dispute last year, and was seen as a way of almost driving a wedge between the players by the um, Cricket Australia saying, you know, by the men holding up on the agreement, they were depriving the women of these new wages and so forth. It became a bit of a political hot potato, but in the end, what they've done is fantastic to see them reward properly these um, now full-time athletes and to see them vindicate their um, their new wages with their performances has been great. And I think what it does do, as I wrote in the piece for the ABC uh, online, is that it actually gives cricket a real advantage over other sports in the way that the AFL have had with their... The AFL have uh, typically signalled, we've got 700 jobs paying an average of $300,000 each. You know, for if you come to us, the numbers are in your favour of making a good wage. If you look at women's team sports in Australia now... The, the best chance of making a good wage per job available is women's cricket. And so with these great role models inspiring these young girls to play, they've also got something to aim for at the top level. Richard, we saw um, just the complete dominance of this team uh, in the final especially, but, I mean, through the whole tournament, uh, sort of started off with Alyssa Healy in every innings essentially and, and obviously our famous, uh, our, fa- our favourite game here with the great cricketers when it's the, the women lost uh, the match before the semi-final to ease themselves into an easier semi-final. But I want to I ask like, like how much the investment is is setting Australia so far ahead compared to the rest of the world because, I mean, the, the split against England was completely dominant despite fielding atrociously and then winning by eight wickets still comfortably. Is that is that investment or are we sort of in the midst of a, a bit of a golden generation for the female cricketers? Look, I think it's a bit of both and you can get carried away with how much money means because these girls are really invested in, you know, the way they play and they've, you know, they've won... I think two or three of the previous four T20 tournaments. So it's not as if the money was invested. But I go back, I I covered um, a fair bit of field hockey at the Olympics. And Mm -hmm. I remember Hockey Roos under Richard Charlesworth, who was just the smartest coach in terms of getting fun, sponsorship and moulding a team. And his team was seriously playing full-time professional hockey when not even the men were playing that. Mm. Um, And they just zoomed above the rest of the world for those couple of years, remembering when the Hockey Roos won back-to-back gold yeah. medals in Atlanta and Sydney. And so it's got to be an advantage somewhere, whether, it, you know, whether, it's, whether it's 10% or 50%, I don't know. But I think over time, just coincidentally, I was actually at a, a, um, an under-12, watching the Victorian under-12 girls play a, a rep team of boys on the weekend and just seeing those young girls and you know their skills and development and whatever. And you, and you just look at them play now and you say, they've just got something to aim for. You know, they'll mm. see Elise Perry mm. and these great role models, Lanning and Healy, and they've just got something to aim for, but also something financial to kick them along if it ever becomes a choice 
between work or another sport and cricket. Cricket's in the box seat. Mm. Richard, just uh, changing tack fractionally, you've written a lot also this summer just about the state of the grassroots game in Australia, and I know you're um, heavily involved in um, your um, children's cricket uh, down there in Fitzroy mm. as well, so can kind of um, give us a sense of what uh, things are, are like on the ground. Like, are, are you able to give us a sense of, like, um, you know, the state of grassroots cricket in Australia? You know, do, do you sense that Cricket Australia are interested uh, in moving things forward or shifting things? There, there was a lot of talk about it in the culture review. That It was also its own political football uh, when it came to the pay dispute as well. I mean, what's the, what's what's it like, uh, you know, in club land, especially in relation to juniors? Yeah, look, I'm really invested in this because I'm, I'm very involved with my local club in uh, – in juniors and I'm also involved a little bit and in participation programs and so forth. And look, from my, my point of view, yes, they are very heavily involved and they are very heavily invested. I'm, you know, I've spoken a fair bit to Belinda Clark around this, who mm. heads the community uh, cricket program. She's just been, you know, taken off for six months to do that Pat Howard stint over summer, but mm. they are, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk when it comes to to doing it. But I think the messaging is about 12 months behind, and I think that's probably where there's a bit of a disconnect between, again, like the women's thing, grassroots became a bit of a cliche for, or it became a euphemism used by the cricketers for Cricket Australia hiding off money and taking it from them to this, you know, supposed grassroots. And there was a lot of cynicism but the money is being invested. But like all these sort of things, it's a it's a slow burn. It takes a long time for the programs to develop and go through. But I can tell you, the money is being invested. It's just a matter of how well it's invested. It's it's being done. I think the programs they're developing are really good. The the first instance of that was the new junior formats, which at our club, you know, that's that's the you can't go out everyone bats and bowls, which was a little controversial. But at at our club. They're incredibly popular. We've got a huge junior program, and they're they're helping keep kids at our club. So, I think it's healthy. But I think you know the challenges are still there in terms of retaining those kids over the over from the thirteen to sixteen year old age groups and on. Richard, obviously the first test men's starting next week. Um, it's a big summer for cricket Australia on a number of levels. But how looking you know looking at how this this will play out? How do you think they'll measure success by the end of the summer? Really good question. You could just look at that India team and you go, oh, it's a really strong India team. They're heavily motivated. They're going to have great crowd support with, you know, the local Indian community and Coley's just looks so fired up in those mm. early matches. He does. Um, he does and he loves it. And then you look at the, you know, the brittle nature of the, uh, the Australian batting lineup. Um, I don't know. Do you measure, sorry, back at you guys. Do, is, Success maybe squeaking out out of it with a draw somehow and keeping that you know that home unbeaten home record. Or, Australia. Or, Australia. As long as there's a Sydney dead rubber, yeah. that's all I care. About. <laughs> only, only a whitewash will do. I don't yeah, know. that's right. Kind of, whitewash it's a really hard one to weigh up. I kind of think maybe maybe a draw for Australia would be a good result, and you keep that that home record. That would be, I'd say that'd be par. Winning it would be without Warner and Smith, and with the uncertainty they'd had, would be a a pretty good success, I'd say. Mm, huge, if true. I agree. Um, Richard, the, the uh, you know the the player bans are now set in stone. The the players aren't coming back, um, 
and that's up for debate well, in terms of public opinion, whether that's a good or bad thing. But do you think that the way Australia has to behave now on the field, that's certainly not up for debate, this is a real turnaround, but do you think the Australian cricket team are a little bit lost because they don't actually know? Like, they want to attack and they want to have this, like, you know, dog-eat-dog approach that's gotten through the last, you know, 150 mm. years of Australian cricket. But, like, do, do you think the Australian team are a little bit lost in terms of how to actually behave in the face of a very, uh, you know, agitated and fired-up Virat Kohli? Yeah, absolutely. It must be kind of mind spinning for them because they've always had this kind of the the overreaction. So they didn't have, I think, to my mind, they went overboard. And of course, you know, that's all been um, mentioned and summarised, and it's gone through that prism of the cultural review, I suppose. And there was a sense of, I think, that um, they just didn't know how, you know, where that mythical line was. They crossed it and whatever. So now, where is it? Is there a line at all? Can they do anything? And is, is you know if Steve Waugh can't have lunch with Justin Langer without making the front page, what can they do on the field? You know, it's, <laughs> it must be slightly head spinning for them. So there's got to be a recalibration, and that recalibration always inevitably going to be to be a bit meeker and mm. to not even straddle that line. Mm. So I think it's going to take a while. It's going to be really fascinating. Mm. I reckon the first time that the Indians fire up at them, how they respond. Mm, yeah. So mm, Coley fires up, and mm. you know he gets going. Do that? Do they fight fire with? Fire. The one, the one point I did notice was, you know, it was interesting in one of those one days where Marcus Doinus really kind of fired up a bit. Mm. And the, the, the one day they won, mm. might have been Perth, yeah. sorry, correct me, or Adelaide. Correct me if I'm wrong. But they, um, and he really got fired up. And you go, oh, you know, are they still allowed to do that? Are they? They're allowed. Don't the lads to love it? A like bit of aggression. Shane and, you know, Warne, be a little bit, yeah. Shane be a little bit alpha. Guy, isn't <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the greats getting behind Stoinis. He really represents yeah. that firebrand spirit yeah. that you know, we <laughs> so, love desperately. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's inter- it's a really interesting. It's going to be fascinating to read the body language of the series. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I, like, I just love the notion that like the only way to succeed is by being hostile. Like, there's absolutely oh. no middle ground. <laughs> like, like, I just can't wait. Like, yeah. the, I'd love to know what the Indians are thinking. Like, yeah. How do we tip them off? How do we get yeah. that? I must abuse off. other players if I want to succeed. <laughs> just like, they, like it's like it's a precondition <laughs> in Australia. Like every other country is able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we're just like, well, yeah. it, it, it's either full on or not on. We yeah. either have to be the mix people of all time or be swearing angrily mm. um, very quickly. Richard, we're out of time um, because obviously we're TV people now. I'm just flattered you had time for a person like myself. Unbelievable. Back to your trailers. <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining us and uh, it's, it's a real uh, privilege to have a guy like you on and have your insights. Um, we'll hope mm. to join you throughout the summer and have a few more chats and, uh, and debates about Australian cricket. Can't wait to see your show and your road show. I hear your national road show as well. Oh, yeah, we're totally overexposed. Don't worry, we'll yeah. flame that in about two weeks. I'm pretty so sure you're good. taking 10%, Richard, at this yeah. point. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Finders feet. Yeah, Finders feet, yeah. Yeah, but thanks for right, coming thanks. on. Absolute pleasure. I think it might just skid on. I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a distinct pleasure to uh, be sitting here with our, well, our new colleague, obviously. Everyone um, who's on Channel 7 is a colleague now. Um, not that they've ever seen us in their life before. But I just, just before I get into this, boys, I just want to read this first-class record out um, because there's some extremely dizzying numbers. 223 matches, 17,084 runs, a highest of 302 not out, average of 48.81, 5,164 50s, it's a great conversion. Represented Australia 46 times across three formats, which, as we all know, is frankly not reward enough. Reward enough for those uh, first-class numbers. Uh, any six tests still managed an average of 55.88, which is obviously 60-odd now, and uh, a highest of 203 not out. His victorious, victorious highest ever 
run scorer in Sheffield Shield. Uh, and is one of, if not the favourite ever Victorian son, I would venture, in cricket terms. Uh, he's the wearer of many hats, uh, Channel 7 commentator, because we only talk with colleagues now, uh, and uh, co-host of the Bowlology Report, which is a very good cast, uh, I might add. We're here with him in Melbourne. It's my great pleasure to welcome to the great cricketer, Brad Hodge. Yes, thank you, guys. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, actually. Or well, a pleasure for you to come down to Melbourne, actually. <laughs> <laughs> be here come the yeah. real city which is cool yeah. um but uh yes we are colleagues now channel mm. seven mm. um yeah listen to uh you know those statistics it's um yeah, it's pretty cool when you think back and look at the resume which you put together uh mm. but i guess playing all those games in shield cricket which means you haven't played enough for your test mm. to test nation so that's a bit of a shame but anyway we'll uh move on and here we are seeking new opportunities mm. Exploring opportunities, as they say, those that are unemployed. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's us. That's all we've ever been. Why don't we start by exploring the stuff that really matters? Like, let's forget about tests for a moment. Grade cricket. Yes. <laughs> or premier cricket, as they call it in Victoria, apparently, yep. to feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. What's your country, kind now? of experience growing up playing grade cricket? And do you have a relationship with premier cricket today? Well, not so much premier cricket. I... Uh, I've played for the last three seasons for a team called East Sandringham, which is in the Seeker competition, which is an even lower grade than grade. They're happy to have so, you. So, yeah, it's on. It's, <laughs> Dollar it, a run. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything for a bit of cash, let's be honest. Um, but it's on synthetic, so it's oh, not even turf. Oh, oh so, my God. for 25 Yuck. years, I'd played on turf. Yeah. And then had to move to this thing called synthetic grass. And, uh, this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've never, I, I've never even seen on. it or witnessed it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, it's a whole industry. I just thought it would be easy. I really thought yeah. it would be easy because I thought, you know, we train on the indoor nets, the MCG, yeah. and it's, it's really easy when you play on synthetic. Anyway, we got out there and I suddenly realized it wasn't the case because, you know, the, some of the surfaces the council's put down aren't completely even. Yeah, um, yeah. You get the the, the uh, stone. Government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they got they're back in again, so yeah. hopefully they can fix the, yeah. the decks. Yeah. But um, <laughs> a lot of the stone particles from the footy yeah. uh, remains oh, right, on yeah. the pitches, and yeah. you can just you can just be timing your ass off the cricket ball, and all of a sudden some. Random dude who bowls about 104 kilometers an hour. Yeah, that's being generous. Shift yeah. this thing two feet and you miss it and you go, how the hell did that bowl me? And, <laughs> you know, and then this guy tells you he's the greatest player that you've ever fucking played against. You know? <laughs> and you go, you're right. You know, yeah. Glenn McGrath didn't even move it that far. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I guess being such a like a prolific run scorer throughout your career, like those numbers are unbelievable. I have absolutely no idea what it must be like to just continually score bulk runs like that. You probably didn't even play much Premier cricket. You were probably out of that system early. No, it's actually uh, on the contrary. We we looked it up the statistics not long ago because a lot of the feedback from this report is that the players need to play more grey cricket mm. and get exposed what do you think about to that? that. Look, I agree with it, hundred mm. percent. But I think the, the main thing is the quality. Sort of, you know, when when I was playing uh, first debuted for Melbourne first eleven at fifteen, um, mm. you yes, know, in course, the yeah. in yeah. the as as you do, you know. Um, mm. Knocking the door down for a while. Yeah. yeah. It's a <laughs> couple of hundred. I felt I, it's been yeah. good for a while. I felt yeah. I was ready, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I'd done yeah. my apprenticeship in the under-14 A's. For... <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Tough it's not that big a leap. Yeah. But, you know, got, thinking about that side that I, I played in, um, you know, the guys we played in was, was Simon Cook, who was yeah. went on to play yeah. uh 
you know, a test match for Australia. He was but, our coach at Balmain once, and we, we used to do laps around the um, the circle, and uh, in between laps, he would then we would get some water, and he said he denied us water and said no waters oh for for the week. God, <laughs> so no, no waters for humans. Jesus. He was. <laughs> yeah. He actually we're, we're was the director of cricket, wasn't he back yeah. there in Balmain? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he, he lives in Five Docks. Yeah. Like Cookie, good friend of mine, yeah, and. Good uh, that's that's pretty much 1950 style of coaching. Mm. Um, so maybe I'll send up a modern manual to him and yeah. say, "Get with the program, buddy." Yeah. I'm scared. Please don't tell him he frightened oh, me a lot. Actually, in a lot of those balance yeah, plays. So, Carry on. So that you know, the quality and standard of play was really good. And and even though you you know Damien Fleming and Paul Rifle and Murph Hughes were still playing you know Premier cricket when they weren't playing for their country mm. or the state, we sort of don't see that now. So. Um, I guess the standard is actually probably a lesser level. I've gone and watched it, and it just feels like it's a bit boring where, you know, it's a medium pace, they're trying to hit a line in length, yeah. and you set a ring field, and if you fucking miss mm. it, you get out, yeah. and if you're bored shitless, you'll spoon one in the air when you're yeah. 40. But that sort of wasn't the case when I was around. It was pretty much you had to make ends meet, and you had to produce a certain level which get you selected. So we looked at the stats, and I actually made 6,000 runs for the Melbourne Career Club. Wow. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's a, going on top mm. of those shield stats. You're actually mm. playing a lot of cricket for Melbourne Career Club. In fact, mm. uh, when I got dropped for Victoria, uh, Les Stillman, who was a fantastic coach for Victoria, uh, not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great interview. Yeah. He... Uh, <laughs> He sort of came to me and the chairman selectors said, okay, well, we just want you to go back to Melbourne and get some runs. So you do the right thing and you go, no, I got 200. So uh, went to the selectors, had any chance of getting back in the side, mate. He said, look, if you, you know, if you keep going and scoring some runs, you'll be fine. So, okay, the next week it went and got 200 again. <laughs> so then followed up, I thought I'd get selected. And then, uh, yeah, fair enough. Two two. 200s. And then team was read out. Not selected. And I said, well, you know, what do I have to do? And he said, oh, this is the selector, mind you. He goes, look, I reckon if you can just peel off another double, <laughs> I reckon you might be a chance to force your way into the side. Just peel one off. And mm. I said, fuck me, buddy. I said, I've checked, <laughs> I said, I've checked up the history books. I said, fucking Don Bradman didn't peel off three, three 200s in his career. I mean, how the fucking hell do you expect me to do it? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the things you face as a young cricketer. But How shattered were you that next week when you turned up thinking, I've got to at least hit a 200? Here. Oh, yeah. the problem was I failed and I got 106. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the conversation like the yeah. next week? Yeah, well, sorry, yeah. Rubbish. Oh, 100 yeah. short. You were 94 short, yeah. man. Like, oh, gee. Yeah. Just keep piling away the runs in the grade club. So uh, I loved grade cricket. I reckon yeah. it's, it's, it's a really good time to play cricket and, and the social thing about it's really cool as well. So, like, I think you're a really interesting person to talk to in terms of, like, the current Australian cricket setup because, like, your career was so long. It, like, transcended the old generation who have got a lot to say about the current one mm. and also the current one. I mean, like, you kicked off of Victoria in 93. You only finished up professionally a couple of years back and you're still obviously going around with East Sandringham. Like, how would you – you've talked about sort of the grey cricket standard. Like, how would you characterise the, the standard of cricket from – that sort of original golden era to now as someone who played across all of it. I mean, like, how sharp is the decline in Australian cricket at the moment? Well, I mean, you go through phases and, and you know, sport's like a bit of a roller coaster, and we're certainly on the downside of that trough at the moment. But And you can see that clearly when guys are getting selected averaging 30. And, you know, that just didn't cut it back when we were playing. You know, mm. we uh, we were under strict instructions. We were up against, you know, Damian Martin, Simon Kadic, Michael Hussey, uh, Darren Lehman, 
uh, Andrew Simons, Michael yeah. Clark, you know, and the standard was huge. And you know, you'd look, you'd look on the, uh, you know, the website there, and you'd see, oh, Martin Love's got two hundred, and you're like, oh, Christ, I'm going to have to get close to that this year. So mm. the bars were set very high, and um, yeah, those bars don't seem to be as quite high at the moment. I, Why do you sh- think that is? Like, obviously, players want to score lots of runs. We just not have the skill to get there. Like, don't know. It might be the nurturing. Um, mm. You know, there's certainly. Uh, I won't say breastfed, but pretty close to it mm. these days, where um, you're pretty much babied through your generations. But right. back when, you know, back back in my day, um, <laughs> that could be last year or yeah, back, yeah, back right. 25 yeah. years ago, um, you know, the likes of John Scholes mm. were certainly of that theory of what uh, Snake Cook had, mm. and there was no water at training. And that sort of toughness and hardness. This is the secret. This could be too much water. Too much water. <laughs> this could be the factor. Maybe we yeah. need to ring up Belinda Clark and say, yeah. "You sports scientists have got this all fucking wrong." Yeah. The way water to go is forward yeah. is um, Tim Payne, yeah. Mitchell Stark. Yeah. There is a water ban, not a drinking ban. <laughs> yeah. There's a water ban for thinking. the summer. So yeah. everyone's looking for, it, for the yeah, edge. Yeah, that might be the way forward. But um, look, I think that hardness. And, uh, you know, John Scholes was a big mentor of mine, and he basically said, you know, you've just got to grind and grind and grind and grind mm. and grind. It, it doesn't seem to be that way these days. It seems to be a bit more flashy. Mm. Um, that's certainly come in, I reckon, since T20 and also IPL. You know, the, right. there's a lot of guys chasing the riches of IPL. It's certainly, mm. I'll get it out there, it's in the back of their mind. It's mm. it's in the back of mm. every cricketer's mind. They want, they want that. Dollars. Mm. Yeah, mm. let's Skrilla. get some coin under our belts and mm. fly around in some fancy cars. Sounds mm. good to me. Uh, Pez touched on the, the length of your career that you played in, and you played a lot of T20, the back end of your career, and there's sort of a conversation at the moment about you know how the guys go about it now with the, the laps and the paddles and the reverse sweeps and all that kind of stuff, and sort of the older school are like, no, you just stand there and you hit it down the ground. Mm. Head still. Head still. Get yourself in. Just stop. Conventional cricket shots, exactly. Do you have a sort of view about how these guys go about it now compared to the sort of inverted commas old school method of you know standing still, hitting it in the V, that that kind of batting in T Twenty? Yeah, I think it's actually it is that it is old school. I think uh, you know Warnie made comment about it yeah. Uh, yeah. during the week about the Usman Khawaja and yeah. and Warnie as he did kindly shot him down in good fashion but um you know the retort from Usman was well this is the modern day this is the way we play and I guess uh you know the 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 thing that needs to be pointed out there's no right and what's wrong I mean um Steve Ward didn't have to play a reverse sweep why because his slog sweep he tonked at the end of the stand you know uh in the the ladies yeah 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 he's aiming (laughs) for that money yeah and certain guys were actually you know extremely skillful his brother mark was quick on his feet and his ability to adapt against spin i think that's one of the things which you know we can often uh criticize or critique the modern batter and one of those guys i guess is glenn maxwell who's i just i just admire this guy so Mm. much in the way that he can manipulate the ball around uh you know the 360 degree and I think as as T Twenty players, we actually have to adapt. I think we're falling behind in the modern techniques. And uh, although traditionally, Warney's spot on in saying you've got to have the basics down pat to be able to have courage to expand your game. Um, but we seem to be going the other way, where expansion first, and we haven't got the ability to actually defend a good ball. Or, mm. or, so, you know that that's that's probably the way I sort of read into it. Um, but, you know, guys like Josh Butler and that, who are just marvels. And as a bowler, I'm pretty sure if you asked a bowler that in T20, if you wanted to face a guy who is technically correct or a guy that can do all the shots, he's going to say, oh, 
I'll play against the guy's technique correct because you can keep him under wraps. Mm. A guy like A.B. De Villiers just go, Christ, what do I do now? Mm. Um, that's where we're trying to get to as a cricket player, as a modern player. And that's also the thing which gets you the bucks too. So mm. we've got to remind uh, that although our test match cricket or whatever is suffering, I think that's what Warney's alluding to, get the basics right, do that properly, and then once you get to a certain level like A.B. did, then you can expand your game. Well, Brad, we might um, move on to the throwdowns component. I mean, already our um, TV schedule is uh, cutting into the, the podcast. <laughs> you know, we're told we have to, to wrap this up. But um, so it's going to the throwdowns component. Brad, obviously, these questions uh, just have the jokes wrapped up in them, entirely self-indulgent. And um, I think we've only got a couple. So, um, yeah, apologies if um, they're way off the mark. Uh, I, I'm just going uh, to hark back to the East Sandringham stuff to kick things off and just read something from cricket.com that I use, just one or two paragraphs. Now, he's a self-described freelance batsman, but club bowlers in Melbourne's southeast will be ruining Brad Hodges' decision to again provide his cricketing services to East Sandringham Cricket Club's first 11. In his first hit for the year... In the South East Cricket Association's Longmuir Shield, Hodge had a day out against Kingston Heath. The six-test player, whose son Jesse plays in the club's under-12s, cracked a quick-fire 141 on the weekend at Peterson Street Reserve as East Sandy racked 300 in 61.5 overs. Hodge dealt almost exclusively in boundaries in his whirlwind knock with 114 of his runs, 81%, coming in boundaries, smashing 11 sixes and 12 fours. The 41-year-old turned out alongside Shane Warne last year for the club, <laughs> where the legendary spin bowler had played junior cricket before moving to Premier side St Kilda. Brad, I, I guess my question is, um, where did that 100 rank uh, in your cricketing career and how much joy do you derive from belting amateur cricketers around? Quite a bit, I'd imagine. It was extremely enjoyable, actually. Um, I think one of the things which uh, I was pretty determined not to run any singles in that particular game, and actually in most Saturdays, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I take uh, solace in the fact that uh, when you hit it, the good thing is these boundaries are quite small, so really that 140 is worth about 78 uh, in layman's terms of any particular good cricket ground. Uh, Peters in reserve is pretty tiny. Look, to be honest, I don't try and take the piss too much, but the problem is you start to get a little bit bored. So I sort of... I used to hate that. I sort of... uh, I try and do the right thing by the competition, I must admit. When I go there, I try and play conventionally, but realistically, I'm thinking from ball one, I just want to park this fucking thing into the car park. (laughs) But you don't want to come uh, out of it and people say, look no, at that asshole, Hodgie, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, that Brad Hodge, what a Yeah, go. what a yeah. prick. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, it's good fun. I, uh, one of the first ever games I played, I think, was against uh, Elwood. And, um, you know, I was just used to doing the norm. And I walked out to bat after we lost an early wicket and there I was in a helmet, had my arm guard on, and, you know, everyone bats in caps. Mm. So there I was, and the the... The, the keeper was up to the stumps. It's clearly the bowler's not quick enough to push him back. Just goes, arm guard. He must be shit. Yeah, he goes, he goes. excuse me, mate. He goes, uh, you know, I, I don't want to point this out, but don't you think you're a fraction overdressed for this competition? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I've just haven't, I've haven't had this helmet off for a, yeah. a while, but I didn't actually have the courage. I thought, shit, I might just miss it and lose my yeah. Les Keith here and there. So. <laughs> it's your livelihood. Thought, oh, how embarrassing anyway. Yeah. Were you batting in your Australia lid at the time? Yeah. No, I actually. Uh, <laughs> what did I have? I had a Rajasthan Royals helmet on. Oh, actually, even better, yeah. even more niche. Yeah. 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 Riches. Yeah. I'd actually go that over an Aussie lid oh, as yeah. well. Which was pointed oh, yeah. out. It was the because our colours are blue, and it was. Right. I, I got a. 
I actually kept the, all the helmets which I've played yeah. for the 18 teams or close to or yeah. whatever, and, and this was, I just picked it off the garage. Oh, that's the closest <laughs> thing. Oh, Is your garage just lids around? Just there. lids, oh, yeah. Installations. So got, it's yeah, actually in the garage. I've got the lids set up there. So, um, no, nah, this was, I thought, picked it off the shelf and out I went. And I didn't even think too much about it. I actually got told off by the umpire. Right. So the umpire goes, mate, you that uh, that you know that's not the traditional uh, East Sheringham helmet. <laughs> and I looked around. No, no. I said, mate, they're batting hats. Yeah. No yeah. fucking yeah. one wears a helmet. Yeah, actually told me, I didn't even know they had a traditional. He's wearing helmet. Converse shoes. He's got a flat brim. <laughs> uh, He's wearing a snapback flat brim. I actually did bat in the Adidas Rome three stripes. To be honest, <laughs> okay. they're the only because we yeah. always used to have spikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I showed yeah. up. I thought it must be liberating, I, yeah, yeah, for you to well, be able to show off your brand. Yeah. Mm. So I just took my creaky there. And I thought, shit, I've actually got no shoes to wear. <laughs> so I'd rolled up in the Adidas yeah. three-stripe, which I'd yeah. gone to the pub in the night before, yeah. Yeah. and quickly whacked them up after 15 yeah. stubbies. Thought, oh, Christ, I've got to play cricket again today. <laughs> Get my Registan helmet out. Yeah. Roll it up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. So, yeah, I told off left, good, right man. and centre my first game. Yeah. Uh, another throwdown, Brad. So I'm curious about this one. As a 19-year-old debutante for Victoria, you were nicknamed Glovelick by Dean Jones for the fact that and I don't understand why you shared a bunk bed with your brother at that age. Can you explain the nickname? Or did Madras just really fry Dean Jones's brain? Yeah. <laughs> I think it did. I, oh, cool. I, I've never heard that nickname, Glovelick. Mm. The, mm. the nickname was actually Bunky for the mm. reasons that well, I did. This didn't. is on Wikipedia, which is an academic source. Yeah, mm. well, it's uh, fiction as normal. But mm. um, look. So Dino, bunking, bunking with your brother at 19 while playing state, obviously, um, well, blokes picked up on Obviously, that. my father was up to something which I didn't know about because I didn't have another brother. So um, <laughs> if he's out there, yeah. I'd love to meet him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just had the bunks. And, yeah, I was playing Sheffield Shield cricket still living in bunks. But, yeah. look, the shitty thing about... Uh, back back in my day, yeah. is that you actually roomed together, so you never actually had single mm. rooms, which you do now. So yeah. Dino is actually my roommate, and talking about Madras, God, mm. not only that innings, I heard every particular innings that Dino played <laughs> from his start of his career till the end. Yeah. So we actually were, you know, it's quite weird actually when you think about it, that. There's a grown man next here. I'm a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> I mean, how do you get away with that in this modern yeah, day? And you're yeah. sleeping a foot and a half away yeah. from each other. But yeah. the good news is I didn't have to sleep with Merv because mm. all Merv used to do was fight his ass off, apparently, mm. according to Flem. <laughs> so all I had to do was listen to Dino's junk for well, yeah. every run of his 200 and, 205, was it? He really bangs on about it, doesn't what? he? I think we've got our last one because we're getting the, uh, the hurry up. Getting the um, knock on the door. Just final, final Don't let a good thing get in the way of, you know, the producer <laughs> of Channel 7, exactly. Re- just revisiting your story, uh, I noticed a number of pieces uh, highlighted your comments about New South Wales selection bias, and I also noticed the New South Wales selection bias is actually hyperlinked on Wikipedia, so I'm just, I just need to know how difficult it was to gain authorization for that standalone Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I actually never even read it. Uh, I wouldn't even know. Um, look, I did actually... Consider moving to New South Wales in 2005. I got an offer uh, to come and play there, and I probably would have gone actually, just that mm. I just got selected for uh, for Australia. So I thought I'd achieve what I wanted to. Mm. Um, other thing was at the time I couldn't afford the house prizes in Sydney, so <laughs> yeah, I right, thought, no. fuck it, I'll just stay and be happy yeah, with what I got. Enough. So that's cool. IPL hadn't come mm. around then, yeah, right. So I hadn't sold my soul to the devil, yeah. yeah. Mm. So we're still trying to slug it out, but uh, yeah, there's the truth to that. 
fact or fiction, whatever it is, somewhere mm. in Wikipedia, it was true. Mm. Um, David Hooks alluded to the fact that mm. if you got a baggy blue, you got a baggy green. Mm. Should have gone there earlier, I would have thought. <laughs> well, Brad, uh, thanks very much for joining us and for your time and for enduring uh, all of that. All the best uh, to you this summer, you know, as colleagues, and uh, all the mm. best to the Bowlology Report as well. Yeah. It's a very good podcast. It's very funny. Uh, if you want to hear two blokes who actually represented at a high level talk normally about cricket, um, then uh, then listen to that. All right, very good, guys. Thanks for having us. We'll uh, see you again around. We grade cricketers work hard. Everything has to be hard at all times. Work hard. Circuit hard. Just be hard. Never smart. Always hard. Okay, lads, uh... Some breaking news, as I understand it. Not really at all. This is just a memo that's been sent from the CEO of Budgie Smuggler to us. But yep. um, they are releasing. So we've been talking about custom smugglers. You know, get your smugglers where you can design the the actual thing on it, your club logo, etc. But like they're doing a specific one uh, this week and beyond. They're releasing new retro stroke nineteen nineties mm. jersey Ooh, smugglers, oh, specific, so and particularly good. in a, like in the cricket variety. So oh, if you can right, think of. Okay. Like ODI jerseys right, yeah. that Australia. Do you even say jerseys? Kit ODI mm. kit, and they didn't use ODIs back then either. Yeah, okay. Pardon they were one, one dayers. Oh, one yeah. dayers. Because the match used to go just for one day. Fifty over. Yeah, fifty overs. We'd go for a day. How long's the game buffer? One day. One day. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's a one dayer. Mm. Right. So if you think of like 1992 World Cup, 1996, like the yeah. lines down the jersey, oh, a couple of stars, right, yeah. cross. I'd be interested to know if um, the guys at Budget Smuggler have created an Australia A. Because if it's an Australia A one, I'm buying shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. and if it's got um, Phil Emery's name on the back, <laughs> yes, exactly, that would be really good. Yes, yeah. The, the lightning bolts are probably my favourite. Yeah, one, lightning yeah. bolts definitely yeah. the favourite. Definitely, you could have that going straight towards your crotch. Yes. Ideally, yes, yes, yes. Ideally. Most of yeah. the vectors on clothes should yeah. point towards your crotch. They generally do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was actually a very vivid piece in um, in our book, just to now go away from the ad, which we're still doing, mm-hmm. where you, Dave, wrote about the um, the hairline that actually pointed directly <laughs> down to the crotch. Yeah, yeah, the widow's peak, but actually it just extended all the way down past the face, pointing to the crotch. It was yeah. very yeah. vivid. 400 metres of silly writing. So mm. you can do that as well with budgie smugglers. You can have yeah, straight lines directly to your, to your junk. Yeah, that's right. So, but in kit, in retro kit, retro nineteen nineties cricket budgie smugglers. You can reminisce on the old times in a yeah. piece of old budgie, just like if you want to be oh, like, hey, Pat, you about you? But hang on, hang on, yeah. like, hang on, if you, if you want to talk about the past, yes, let me get me budgies on, yeah, and we can talk about the old times. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we all get naked. Well, let's all get our clothes off. Let's <laughs> yeah. put those budgies on, on, and only then, only then, yeah. can we reminisce. Can I wear the Australia A ones, Dad? <laughs> sure, son. Get them on. Budgiesmuggler.com.au That time of the week again, hashtag AskTGCs. But we do, before we do so, um, geez, I feel like we've got so many things going on, so many things to talk about. We, we do, much. I mean, you guys are our loyal listenership and we appreciate your, your listenership every single week. So we have to talk to you directly because you are our audience and, our, uh, and, we, and we love you. So therefore, we want to see you in person. You see where this is going. Live shows are coming up. We've already we've already told you, um, but uh, Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, Sydney. Before we head to the Sri Lankan tour of Brisbane and then Canberra. Mm. Starting off, Adelaide, you kick us off, and we need you to get round us. And then Perth mm. as well. The following week on uh, mm. on December thirteenth for Perth, December sixth for Adelaide in the Rhino Room. You can get tickets, of course, via our Facebook page. Go to the events tab. You know the drill. People want to know 
what are the live shows mm. going to be like? What is it? Well, I suppose it's like for a start, it's a live. We are releasing the podcast live, mm. so we want you in the same room to create some energy. We want you to be as drunk as possible because you're going to be coming from the <laughs> yep. cricket. We, mm. we we physically want you to be unless you don't drink. Don't come unless you, you haven't had at least six beers. <laughs> yes, please, because um, that takes the pressure off us as yeah. well. Because you're less likely to remember. It Expectations will be lowered and so yeah. on. They won't remember it, but we will be releasing it as a mm. live show as well. So if you want to hear your laughter or just your booing or you know someone throwing a boot at us or whatever, mm. um, but we'll, that'll all be captures from the Zoom mm. recorder. L- lots of like audience interaction as well yeah. I'd imagine we're just hoping it's like loose that there's some beers mm. um, and it's you know the, the, the perfect end to uh, day one of the cricket it's just a celebration of the cricket That's I think mm. that's what most it's an extension about. of day one yes. really yes Ed Cowan is going to be joining us on stage for the uh, for the Adelaide show first trying off. to get him to wear his New South Wales lid yep. uh, while we give him throwdowns yep. um, mm. his response to that on Twitter was he might wear punters Australian lid champ to me. So that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm just happy okay. with any kind of lid. Any kind of lid. Okay. And then someone suggested he should put tape over that, over mm. the over the emblem. But like mm. that kind of gave away the gag because I was hoping he'd wear the New South Wales lid, then we'd replace it, bring uh, out the Aussie lid, and then it. he says no mm. to it. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Should have saved it. It doesn't impress me that much that he had Ricky Ponting's lid because we now work with the same. We now work with Ricky He's Ponting. What? We'll just a colleague. Like, no, that's a lie. He's just a He's colleague. Just yeah, we'll ask him later in the coffee room, in the breakout room. I think he explicitly didn't want to help promote our show. Anyway. We'll have you on, punt. We'll get you. Uh, first one of the week. I actually don't know who this comes from. Uh, yes, I do. It's from Francis. <laughs> it's from Francis Lang. Um, all right. Who does Murdoch hate more, Virat Kohli or a thriving open democracy with a strong independent fifth estate that hold those in the corridors of power and the status quo to account? Good question. We can talk about this now that we're not with Fox Sports, right? Um, mm. So I would have said uh, that Murdoch would hate a thriving open democracy with a strong independent fifth estate that holds those in the corridors of power and the status quo to account. But if Coley scores a match-winning ton and sledges mm. us, Ooh, yes. <laughs> I th- I'm going to mm. say he- he'll hate Coley more, and mm. our papers will reflect Have that. they already been talking about Coley? Like, is there an anti-Coley not yet. campaign going on in Murdoch mastheads across yet. the country? Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. I mean, last time Coley was out here, um, a, there was w- a big thing on the internet was to spell his name by V-I and then a rap, rap. emoji. And that yeah. was like, I mean, that's obviously comedy genius. Mm. I mean, I started it, so I was mm. part of the trend, obviously. Um, that's a lie because I'm not a racist fucking idiot. Uh, Colin Lambert writes in <laughs> and he says, hashtag AskTDC, with your strong relationship... Uh, in brackets, sell out with CA. Can Correct. you arrange for Shield games to finish on a Friday or Saturday? No one likes a circuit on a Sunday or Tuesday, do they? Can this be a dampen on grey cricketers' ambitions to play state? Good question, Colin. Good question. So can we can we get our friend mm. Kev to shift around the schedules? I'm just surprised that somebody's thinking about when a Shield match ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no idea yeah. when they start or when they end. Like, is the Tuesday Colin, like, circuit a better circuit, though? Well, it's more it's, private. It's more private. Yes. A lot of things can happen on a Tuesday yeah. circuit. But I suppose no state cricket is getting papped, you know, if they're just out in the town. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I like how Colin's thinking of the Shield players, though. Like, I, like I, how I really thinking. want them to circuit on a Saturday night, not on a Tuesday <laughs> night. But do you want to be out on a Saturday care. night and see Shield cricketers? Do you want that? Hey, that, uh, uh, Surrey Hills I having dinner. a bit of uh, Victoria 2s? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll just go and get his autograph. Yeah. Sorry, wait here, love. <laughs> uh, makes me feel good to um, denigrate people who are better at cricket than me. Uh, DM says, Hey, great cricketer, just read your book and it made me hate cricket and humanity. Question, why do you use imperial, unit, imperial units of measure? Is this an alpha thing and you think it's 
tougher than metric or are you going for the US market, hashtag ICGC? Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, the, the short answer is, like, it's an England thing, right? Mm, yeah. uh, but, like, I do like the idea that the, that the imperial unit is more alpha when than did metric. When because imperials? Oh, like, is that 2.9? Picking up 2.10? Oh. Well, that's just yeah. a bat. But you don't yes. pick up anything yeah. else. Like, yeah. you don't pick up an avocado and go, oh, is this 0.6? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you put it on the scale and then you pay for it at the you don't self-checkout. Ask a teammate, like how big his penis is, and he says like twenty-seven centimeters. You say, well, it's eight inches. Oh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, when you ask them how yeah. big their penis is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so penises and bats and yeah. and cricket. But so cricket the same and thing. penises are the only I things. Like that that. But that is an extension of of the male body. It should be. Well, Imperial I think we've just discovered what the problem with men is. is- <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Imperial, like by definition, is alpha. Like it's overtaking things. You know, there's mm. like the imperialist world Imperialism. of England. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so interesting. That's probably why it's alpha as well. Mm. Uh, it's and also that's just why fun to it. say. Yeah, two nine. Yeah, two nine. No, two ten. No, it's it is. It is better. To it's say, more yeah. fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a fun. Fun. it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. It's the only fun thing about cricket. Uh, Nathan Quattrucci writes in and he says, Hi, TGC. I'm a former low-level grade cricketer who now plays absolutely village T20 with mates. It's so village that you're forced to retire should you make a half century, but can come back in if everyone else has been dismissed. This makes the legendary Triple C nigh on impossible, but that's beside the point. My question is this. Last season, we faced a team with a gun-opening bat who carted our bowlers to all corners and made his 50 in what seemed to be about five minutes. Later in the innings, when the last man had swung and missed about four times in a row to our fifth-change pie bowler, it was clear they were running low on batting options. After calling through his partner for a suicidal single and slipping over mid-pitch, our keeper chose not to run this Chris Martin batting clone out in a seemingly good-natured display of sportsmanship. Should he have used some elite honesty, admitted that it wasn't good sportsmanship, but just the fact that he'd rather keep in this park level number 11 than have their opening batsman return to the crease to destroy our morale even further, Nathan? Thanks, Nathan. Um, I, I mean, like, it, has he been dis, like dishonest about that? Like, I'd be crowing about that everywhere. Like, I'm very impressed with the, in, um, with the match awareness there. Like, later on, just go, like, oh, I was keeping him in. And take the sportsmanship um, label on offer from the opposition. But sure. this is like Absolutely. similar to the story that I told. Like, what's what's yes. the lowest moment in cricket when I dropped the catch deliberately? Yeah. Um, mm. Sorry for that fuzziness on the on the mics just there. Um, uh, when I dropped a catch from the number eleven because yeah the gun player was going to come in who yeah. was due to next. So I I read the game situation, dropped the catch deliberately to keep in the number eleven, mm. um, and then was threatened to be taken to the well, judiciary as an eleven year old boy. The rules of the game there. Yeah. I watched like an under 19s game in England actually, and it was like rain coming. And the captain dropped a catch deliberately in mid off because had he taken the catch, the next batsman would have been like three minutes in, and it was like it was like raining. Mm. So he dropped the catch deliberately. They finished the over, got the overs done in time, and therefore mm. England won the game on Duckworth Lewis because yes. they got the overs in. Wow. So that's that's again match awareness. So yeah. so so no. what's the answer to his question? Um, two nine. <laughs> Eight inches. Mm. <laughs> uh, thank you, as ever, loyal listener, to tuning in. Uh, Brad Hodge, fantastic guest. And thank you to Richard Hines as well. The live shows are coming. The TV show is coming. It's a huge summer of cricket in Australia, across the world, although, of course, just in the Southern Hemisphere at the current time. We'll see you next week.